Greetings. Welcome to episode 125 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined by the one and only Dave Hogue. Yeah, actually, there's many, many Dave Hogues. No, you're the only one that matters. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's fun to say your name like it's just one word. Dave Hogue. Dave Hogue. Dave Hogue. Yes. Or Dava Hogue. <laughs> Dava Hogue. There we go. That's That's got to be a cuss word in some language. I probably should stop saying that. Yes. Anyways, we're here. It's episode 125. We are back. We are going to finish Romans chapter five this evening. Yes, we are. We've been we've been in Romans for a while, haven't we, here, friend? We have, yeah. It's but good though. We spent many years just working through Matthew, so it is crazy to me to think about that because my daughter turns two the day after Thanksgiving. Wow! And a month after that happens, we will have been doing this for four years. So we've been doing this almost twice as long as my daughter has been alive. <laughs> that is crazy. Which I didn't really think about that till just now that. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Almost. Four, we should do something fun for four. What should we do for four years? What should you think about that? We have. We have all of November, November and, December. and December to figure out what we should do. For our four year birthday anniversary. What would it be? That's a good question. Because. Four is a good number. It's okay. but it's not one that like I immediately think of anything necessarily associated with it. So Well, I mean, four letter words are bad. <laughs> I mean, uh, you got like Ohio, which is terrible. And um yeah, that was a really stupid joke. I apologize. I I shouldn't make fun of the how I Oh, I almost said Hawaiians. Ohioans. Man, this is going great. <laughs> I'm really good at podcasting. <laughs> is there anything else that you wanted to share or discuss before we jump in? Uh, I will share that while your daughter is turning two, my daughter just turned 22. That makes me feel old. I, you know. I can I can imagine uh why you might feel that way. Melissa but, Melissa turned twenty two a week before we got married. Ooh, so she was younger than me. I, I was twenty two, but I got married ten days before I turned twenty three. Opposite ends of that same year. Yeah. You guys were babies. I mean we so were babies. I, <laughs> how old were you? Twenty three and a half. Robbing the cradle, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, so that that kind of puts it in perspective that Caroline is now her mom's age when we got married. So, yeah, ooh, I'm not ready for those days. All right, I got 20 years. There you go. We were talking today when we uh, we went up to uh, Hobby Lobby um, because Kennedy is going to be a peacock for Halloween this year. Ah, and Meredith has made a. It's really cool. I don't want to say I'm impressed because it makes it sound like I don't think that she could do something like this, but like, that's not what I mean by it when I say I'm impressed. Like, it's just really cool. It's really well done. Um, and so we had to get a few more peacock feathers and 
that store stresses me out so much or any store like that, like Michael's or whatever your local overly large yeah, arts and crafts store. That's just floor to ceiling, just junk and gadgets and knickknacks and paddy wax and all that stuff. We were there for like 40 minutes and like, I'm still like, like physically like stressed out about it. Like the lighting mm-hmm. and like everything about it just makes me imagine chasing a two-year-old around who tonight she did not want to listen. She did not want to anyways. So on the way to the store, I see, I can't even tell the story. I get so distracted by how like my physiological response to those types of places. But on the way to the store, Meredith goes, did it ever like weird you out that we're 32? <laughs> Cause like when you're younger, you know, when you're like 12, 13, even 15, maybe you meet someone who's like 31 or 32 and you're like, Oh my gosh, you're so old. You're like more than twice as old as I am, you know, and all of your infinite wisdom as a preteen. And it's just kind of one of those ages. Where it's like, okay, I'm not in my mid to late forties or fifties. We're like, you know, we're like, you're an established, like you've been an adult longer than you haven't been. You should, you know, probably still not live with your parents. Right. But like 32 is like, it seems like one of those weird buffer ages where like you, you should have young children. You should be strong in your career. Like you should have things figured out. And we're just like, it's just weird to think like, holy crap. We're not getting any younger. And I, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. You, you know, been there, done that, but like, it's just weird to sit back and go, how did you, how did you get here? And like, I know it took 32 years, but it feels like it took three or four. (laughs) You know, there's a, there's a TV show called 30 something from back in the nineties that you should check out. It's from the nineties. Scott Bayo in it. (laughs) <laughs> no, he was like the eighties, seventies and eighties. Anyway, so yeah, we had that little like uh what's that word? Uh existential chat of like, oh yeah, we're here. Don't know how we got here, but we're thirty two and we're about to go into Hobby Lobby. <laughs> thirty two going to Hobby Lobby. Anyways. It's all downhill from there, Cam. I that might be rock bottom, actually. I don't know. <laughs> At least there wasn't any like Nope, never mind. Not going to say it. Not going to say it. The one, the one fun thing about Hobby Lobby, I'll say this and then we can move on, is that their music is always instrumental versions of like generally Christian music. Mm-hmm. And so like I try to play the game of, oh, what song is this? Because it's like elevator music, instrumental versions of like hymns and, you know, like Chris Tomlin songs. You know, my favorite. and um. Tonight it was, I'm pretty sure it was either, it was, it was either Shania Twain or Faith Hill. <laughs> and I can't remember which one sings the song. Um, the only one I kiss. Good night. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's Shania Twain. So that's been stuck in my head for like the last two hours. Just that part of the song. It was the instrumental version of that. And I did not want to play the game anymore. Because, no, bad. Yes. Bad stuff. 
Anyways, I just sung on the internet. All right. That truly is rock bottom, Dave. So my favorite thing to do at places like Michael's and those is they always have letters <laughs> like that you hang on the wall, you know, and I like to make four letter words at Michael's and Hobby Lobby. Yes. Hope, grace, family. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is my kids always are like, my daughter's like, dad, did you do that? Yeah. Why does it, why does it say poop? I don't know. It was there <laughs> when I got here, I swear. So, yeah. I, and I used to take pic, I used to take pictures of them, but I don't think I have those anymore. <laughs> well, that did not expect to learn that little tidbit. Yeah. Tonight. It's actually kind of fun. If, if you don't like going to those places, you can entertain yourself quite a long time doing that. Cause then you sit back and you watch people walk by and, <laughs> and when they realize what the display says, it's fun. Yep. Uh, I might have to do that mainly to see if that will cause Meredith to ban me from ever going to those yeah, stores again. You're not, you're not allowed to go anymore. Oh yeah. Mm, darn. That wasn't my intention this entire time. Hmm. <laughs> That's like the definition of reverse psychology, right? Yep. All right. Oh, wow. I don't know how to transition from that to the Bible. So let's just uh, read it, shall we? Sure. So we're at Romans 5, verses 18 through 21, which takes us to the end of Romans 5. Indeed. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men. So one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came into, came into increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All right. So this is a nice little, I guess, summary passage, really, of what we spent mm-hmm. most of um, the last two episodes talking about. Um, but I still think, especially verses 20 and 21, provide us a lot to discuss. Um, but I just, you know, it's always important especially when talking about such deep, um, important, um, far reaching concepts as like, you know, sin coming in the world and then sin being removed from the world, like concluding and repeating is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. No. Um, so I think it's really important, um, to see how Paul, closes this argument. Um, so as one trespass led to condemnation for all men. So again, we're talking about Adam here, right? Adam's one trespass, him and Eve eating the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which like, could they have not gotten a better name for that? (laughs) The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Like that is kind of a mouthful, which is ironic because you weren't supposed to have a mouthful of what it grew. So, True. 
that was a bad joke. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I've been on like a total downward trend with my humor lately, and it's really frustrating. We'll forgive you. You know, that's really all I can rely on. <laughs> but for the grace of God, Dave. Yes. But so, so think about that. So the first act, the first act is simply taking a bite of the forbidden fruit. Yeah. Not a big deal, right? Nothing like tricky, nothing that required skill or dedication or sacrifice, literally just going. Yeah. And, and really in and of itself, it seems absurd that that's. Yeah. What it caused it. Yeah, it's just don't eat this. Set the bar a little high there, God. Hmm? Yeah, don't eat this fruit. So, but okay, so yeah, so on the one side, like you said, because I think I know where you were going. Yes. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. The the thing that caused the sort of domino effect for sin was such a simple, little, tiny, seemingly insignificant thing. Right. Whereas the resolution for that was the exact opposite, right? Yeah. And and even if you think about the way we which we've talked about this before, we justify our sins in terms of white lies and all that kind of stuff, we tend to minimize this this doesn't I mean this is like nobody would even consider this a sin. <laughs> I mean, it's like you so you ate the fruit you weren't supposed to eat. Say you're sorry. Yeah. So which ultimately that's not that's not the issue the issue is his disobedience to god right and so and that's where i think the like the second way to look at it so the first way to look at it is is how we you compared the seeming trivial nature of the first act to the incredibly uh sacrificial i mean like a dude got straight up murdered by the government that's not trivial. That's not insignificant. Like that's, and then he rose from the dead. So like we have the juxtaposition of those two things. But then if you think about it the other way, it's like God gave us one thing not to do. How easy is that? How easy is it not to do the one thing he said not to do? And it wasn't like they weren't busy. Adam's off naming all the animals and then Eve shows up and they're like, Ooh, la la. I like you flesh of my flesh. Like go have fun. You know what I mean? Go make mm-hmm. babies. Go enjoy paradise. Just don't do one. You can do whatever you want. You are, you know, you're with God all the time. You have this paradise to subdue, right? To have dominion over. Go enjoy it. Just don't do this one tiny little super easy thing not to do. So what does that say about us, right? Yeah. Either way you look at it, just like, man. What we did to cause all this was really trivial. Well, the, the, the act in and of itself was trivial in terms right. of picking fruit from a, the, the tree that you're not supposed to eat from. But the implications of this is the only thing that God said you can't do. And yet it, it is still done. Yeah. The, the, the significance of man, all you got to do is obey God, the creator of the universe. Somebody that you, I mean, they were in relationship with him. He walked in the garden with them. He created them. I mean, it's, you know, you kind of talk about the whole, uh, you know, why do I do the things I do in terms of my marriage and my family? It's because I love them. You know, I don't, I don't cheat on my wife because I love her. I don't want to do that. You know, I don't, 
I don't beat my kids because I love them. I, you know, it's just in some ways that they're, they're, they're just the sins that I could do to harm my wife or my kids seem absurd to me. Like I would never do that. And, and here, this is a, even, well, you know, what we've talked about, just a simple, simple task of, if you love God, don't do this. And yet that's still what they chose. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up because I, I would have glossed right over that. That's a really, I think, important piece of all the discussion from these last few episodes. So yeah, so one trespass led to condemnation for all men. So one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Obviously speaking of Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. Four, as by the one man's disobedience, so Adam's mess up, uh, many were made sinners. So by Jesus' obedience, uh, the many will be made righteous. So he's just, again, summing up, Adam did the bad stuff. Jesus did the good stuff. Just summarizing his argument. Um, So in verse 20, it says, now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through the righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I don't know about you, but the part that says the law came in to increase the trespass seems a bit troublesome. Yes. Without broader context, I think. Yes. Um, that God would introduce something to cause more sin seems a bit counterintuitive to me. Um, especially when it's written this way, the law came in to increase the trespass, the goal, the purpose, the reason the law showed up was to increase sin. Um, yikes. Like, how do we, am I reading this right? Am I, am I simplifying it? Um, and then, maybe what other parts of scripture can help illuminate what Paul is saying here. This could be kind of sticky maybe if we don't have that stuff. Well, and this, so, so this was the one thing that came to mind when you asked about reading Romans five, eight through 21 and said, are we good to stop there? Because when we get into chapter six, yeah, that's exactly what this is. So, so Paul completely addresses what you're talking about right there of you know, what shall we say then? Shall we say that um, we're continued to sin so that grace may abound? And then he says, by no means. So do we want to go there now or do we wait till next time? Or because what you're saying is exactly true of this creates this incredible dilemma for us. And Paul is very aware of that. To, to That's the next step of his argument. Mm-hmm. It's up to you. I'm, I'm okay either way. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say we, I'm going to say we stay in verse five. Okay. No one read chapter six. <laughs> Ever. You need to be on a cliffhanger a for the next spoiler two weeks. alert. Yes. Major <laughs> spoiler alert. Don't read chapter six. All right. So then, all right. The law came in to increase the trespass. Where, where do we start? Do we just say, okay. I mean. 
I really don't want to call the episode at 21 minutes, 10 of which was us just ham- yammering <laughs> on about nothing. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess the, the one of the things that stands out to me is that clearly the law has a purpose. Okay. And, and we've, we've talked about this before. I mean, we, we, you know, we're at 125 episodes of this, of talking about Jesus and our need for him. And so inevitably one of the things that has come up is this idea of what was the purpose of the law. And I think one of the things that we've, we've concluded is that the, the law points to our sin, you know, it, it, it makes it evident. Um, to us that, you know, there's this, there's this huge need for God. There's this, um, you know, it's, again, it's, it's so much more than just eating the fruit. It's so much more than what we want to make it. It is truly this, um, you know, we need, we need help to understand what exactly it is that has happened because if we're just simply left with, okay, they ate the fruit that they weren't supposed to eat. It's sort of, it, it, it does, at least for me, have this element of, it seems trivial. It seems like it's really not a big deal. Uh, but the, but the reality is, is, is there's disobedience to God. And then in that, you know, we, we receive the law and the law just magnifies that. Um, and I think on the front end, there's even an element of the law seems to point to this idea of we can do something about it. Right. So like on the front end, the law is like, okay, well, we'll take the five pillars of Islam. If I just do these five things, then, then I'm good to go. Okay. I've just got my to-do list. I got to check off all these things I want to do. And on the front end, that's what the law seems like. The law seems like uh, a, to, a list of, to, of do's and don'ts. If I just do these things and I don't do these things, then I'm good. But we learn throughout the course of history and the New Testament and the Pharisees and, and all that, 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 that obedience to the law still falls short. And that there's this very clear pointing to we need more than the law because we can't we can't achieve it on our own. And again, it's what separates Christianity from all other religions. Sorry, I'm just trying to. No, you're good. I stopped because I thought you had, it seemed like you were about ready to say something. No, so. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to process what I wanted to say. And like, so like, I, I agree with what you're saying. And, you know, as you're saying, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is like, well, the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. the people that were like, God's like, Oh, here's the law. You know, it's here to prove your sin. And they're like, hold my beer. I got this right. Like <laughs> challenge accepted. I'm and you know, and then Paul's bragging about how he's a Jew of Jews and, you know, and I just like, as silly it is, as it is for, you know, a person to question God, like, why did he choose to do it this way? If he knew, some people would respond to the law the way that he intended. I can't do it. I need help. Have mercy on me. Like that. Get it. Then some people who are like, screw you. And then others 
who take the holier than thou approach and just try to do it all themselves, right? One of those responses is the intended response. Two of them are not. Two is more than one, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I find God's process oftentimes in scripture to be counterintuitive to how I think it should be. And I think that says a lot about the fact that I'm a sinner and he is not. And he sees the broads, you know, the broad strokes and in, in, in the end game. And I'm caught up in like, what shirt do I wear today? That's going to make me not look chubby, you know, <laughs> like super stupid, trivial stuff. And so, um, like I always kind of get annoyed when I disagree with God and the Bible. And then I chuckle. Cause I'm like, you have no ground to stand on here, Cam. <laughs> Just shut up and maybe try and figure out God's intention or God's reasoning and allow that to, you know, maybe change the way that you approach this next time. Right. Because if your intuition says do A and God does B, A is probably not the right thing to do, even though it makes sense to my brain or my emotions or like I want to protect myself. So A makes more sense. Well, God clearly says this is how he chooses to do things. And so here, the reason I bring all of this up is that like my intuition says God bringing in something simply to trip up more people and cause more sin seems like something God shouldn't do. Right. Well, just even putting the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil seems like something he shouldn't do. Giant red button in the middle. <laughs> do not push me. Right. It's going to get pushed. Um, And so this is a a case of me kind of disagreeing with God being like, I don't think you should have done this. Uh, Why did you do it? I don't know. How can, how can God who is good and wants his people to be with him introduce something that is going to cause more sin to enter the world. Mm -hmm. And if you just shut it off there, it doesn't make sense. Right. And so, right. But that's not where the story ends. You know, especially if you take it the, the, the long view of scripture, like the law being introduced, that's the beginning, essentially. If we look at that and then we see the outcome in Israel, you know, looking for God to intervene and to show up and to show up and to show up. And then there's those 400 years of silence. Like, I know no one lived all 400 years, but like, dude, okay, point made. And then Jesus shows up and that's when like the other shoe drops, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when, Oh, this all in the grand scheme of God's, you know, redemption of everything. This makes sense. He's calling as many people to the, uh, the carpet. He's calling everybody out on their sin. And the only way I think, for someone to realize the true depth of their depravity is not to eat a single fruit off of a tree and get thrown out of paradise because you can get bitter and you can get jaded and you can say, screw you. I made one mistake. You're so un, you know, you're not gracious and you're not kind and you don't have mercy. But when you see every single day, what the loss, like you screwed up 900 times today and you're going to do it 700 tomorrow and a thousand the day after that. And then the rest of your life, then you can go, you start to see it's not just like you said, I ate a tree. It's I disobeyed God in that way. And then today I disobeyed God in these 35 ways. And like, and so when you see 
the law, how it can show you all of the different ways that you disobey God, be it in your actions, in your thoughts, in your words, in your emotions, in your reactions, in your justifications of the stuff you already screwed up. Like if you see all of that as different ways that you're disobeying God, then I think there's two options, right? You either come to realize how much you need him or you double down on your sin and you say, screw you. This is, I just, I don't believe in you anymore, right? Like those are your two options. And then Jesus shows up, calls everybody out, provides a way out for those people that the law has said, holy cow, I need something. And so that's when this starts to make sense is, and that's, I think what we're going to get to in chapter six, don't read ahead, you overachievers. Um, And then all of a sudden this opens up into this, like God does know what he's doing. God knows exactly what he's doing. And is it super weird that he would allow and not even allow, but cause more sin to enter the world? Well, if it provided a way for people to realize their need for redemption and to even allow Jesus's death resurrection to mean more than absolutely. Like Jesus didn't have to die on the cross because Adam and Eve ate a fruit they weren't supposed to eat. Like he died on the cross so that the entirety of humanity who was consistently disobeying God over and over again could have it all wiped away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's even it. I think you could totally, you could pick any, um, activity, any task, any don't do this, you know, it, 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 it doesn't have to be that. And it, it so often happens, uh, when we're doing this podcast, there's, you know, I just have those moments of like, I, I mean, I know I wait my sin and there are certain things that like I'm okay with. And then there's things that, you know, way heavier on me where I feel like I need to repent more. And I, again, I just, I think about the whole eating a forbidden fruit. I wouldn't even consider it to be an issue. You know, I, I'd be like, that's stupid. Who, who cares? You know, but again, it's, it's a much deeper issue of I'm disobeying what God has told me not to do. And the law just continues to point to those kinds of things uh, for me, for everybody. Um, and we just, I think we want to minimize. Oh, absolutely. We're, rel- not that we're not that bad. Yeah. I'm we're relatively a good person. Yeah. And compared to my neighbor, oh my gosh, let me tell you what they did. <laughs> absolutely. All right. So. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Okay, so this is, I think, Paul's way of summing up my entire five-minute rant there in a sentence, right? (laughs) As sin increased, as, as the disobedience of God increased in everyone, grace abounded more. So again, mm-hmm. Adam's impact is never greater than Jesus' impact. No. Adam's, Adam's sin, Adam's, uh, you know, sending man into sinful descent never outpaces or outgains or outgrows the redemption that comes through Jesus. Jesus is always more. Right. So where the trespass is, the grace abounds even more. So that, for this reason, 
as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So as all of the sin caused death, right? As, as all of this crap just killed people, grace reigns through righteousness leading to eternal life. So the outcome completely shifts and we begin to see God's redemption of all of that sin. God, God, changing it, God removing it, God forgiving it, God reconciling himself to his people through Jesus so that that death could then become eternal life, that sin could be covered in grace, and so we could be presented righteous, holy, set apart, clean, pure before God the way that it was intended to be. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah, and, and, and I think even just the idea of obedience here um, is, is a significant, you know, if we look at throughout the gospels and the time leading up to Jesus crucifixion, this was not something that he was like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. This is going to be an easy deal. You know, very much another Tuesday. Yeah. Very much prayed God, if I don't have to do this, I don't want to do this. And so absolutely. Yeah. And you know, again, we're talking about the crucifixion of Jesus and not just the crucifixion of, a, of, of some person, but we're talking about, you know, Jesus, who was fully man, fully God, was blameless, was sinless. He is the only person who could have done what he did on the cross, did not deserve the cross. Um, was, have, have I personally been, uh, you know, looking at the Gospels and, and even the book of Acts when it comes to this and there's really sort of this, you know, everybody that, that Jesus appeared for is everybody that Jesus appeared before is saying, you're innocent. I need to let you go. I have no grounds for doing anything. Well, we'll, we'll flog you and then we'll let you go. But, you know, the Jews continued to demand that he be crucified and, um, truly was innocent, was blameless in all of this. And, um, you weigh that with the act of, you know, eating the fruit and it just two extremes that again, when we're, when we're talking about God, the God universe and how God think does things, it's so counterintuitive and it just doesn't, you know, doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense, but, um, that's the God we serve. We serve a big God that I guess if we could understand God, he probably wouldn't be God. I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> I can genuinely say 90% of what I thought and said this episode, I had not thought or considered before we started for whatever that's worth. Fresh eyes, you know, for me, selfishly, this was really beneficial conversation. I, I would agree. And, and then I think there's even just sort of a, so we can get overwhelmed by our sin and in, in another sense of, well, I know I do this and I know I do this and I know I do this. And, you know, I can start adding up all the things that I do. If I really think about it is disobedience towards God. And I think one, we need to repent of that and we need to ask for forgiveness of it. And then I think there's kind of a second piece of asking God to say, what are you working on me now? What, what needs to be, uh, the intentional piece for me of um, 
moving forward in my walk because, you know, on the, on the grand scale of everything, sin is just huge and we just can't overcome it ourselves. But I do think that there's an element of God being in relationship with him is saying to us individually, this is something I want you to work on. This is something that, um, you need to focus on. And, um, I don't know if I'm, I'm making sense on this or not, but, um, I think it's helpful to pray God reveal to me that which you are calling to me to address in my life now. And if it's because I, I, I think we tend to focus on a lot of um, what I would describe as symptoms versus the actual true cause. And so, you know, I, I focus on the fact that I've got a runny nose and not the fact that I've actually have a virus within my body that I need to deal with. For a lot of us, it's things like lack of time in scripture and reading the word and meditating on it and being quiet before him and allowing the oppor- him the opportunity to speak to us. I think it's prayerlessness. Uh, we don't spend the time praying like we should. And instead we get caught up on the, oh, I gossip today, or I told a lie today, or I lusted today, or I was materialistic today, whatever you want to focus on. And I think a lot of times those are just symptoms of a deeper issue with us of, I haven't truly spent time with the Lord today and allowed him to invade me, his Holy Spirit to work within me and convict me of things that are deeper in terms of, like you said, this conversation that we had, huge blessing, much deeper than I think often what I experience when I just read through scripture. Well, I read this, I read this verse a couple of times before we met today. And it didn't have the impact on me that our discussion has had tonight. And so I think that's something that we all need to make sure we find in our life of somebody, someone, a relationship, a context for scripture, taking a deeper, a deeper meaning in our life, a deeper, having a deeper uh, influence on how we respond to it. And I think in general, we can't do that alone. I'm not going to say... I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but um, I think Christianity is certainly our faith. Our relationship with God is about community. The Holy Spirit, God in, in his very nature and who he is, is about community. Yes, yes, yes. I genuinely say I have nothing else to add. Not like in a snarky or whatever way, but like. I'm good with that. I think I'm going to enjoy very much re-listening to this while I edit. Write down, yeah. write down some notes and reminders to myself. So there you hear it, folks. Get yourself your own Bible podcast. It's totally good. <laughs> it helps so much. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, um, for listening to this edition of the Masterclass. If you're on the live stream, thanks for taking, you know, like upwards of 45 minutes out of your evening to hang out with us. Um, if you want to get in touch with Dave or I just to say, hey, to ask questions, to send us uh, topics, corrections, you know, whatever it may be. You can find us on Twitter. Dave's at David J. Hogue. I'm at Cam Brennan. And our email is hello at supermegacorp.net. All three of those links are going to be in the show notes. So if you're listening on your phone, they're there somewhere. Swipe left, right, up or down, don't worry. You're not going to, like, approve a date or this, like, 
swiping is dangerous nowadays, not in a podcast app. It's fine. Just find the show notes. Um, we'll have links to the scriptures we talked about. Uh, also, we'll have a link to our Patreon, which if you don't know what Patreon is, it's an online community that allows people to um, support folks that are creating podcasts, art, music, videos. Um, so we don't do ads on any of our shows um, or on the website or anything like that. Any, uh, any money that we do make is strictly based on the kindness and the generosity of the people that listen to our shows. And so um, if you head over to uh, or follow the, the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash supermegacorp, you'll see um, the different tiers of membership and what you get for those tiers um, in uh, our way of saying thanks for the support. Um, and then if you want to go to the show notes on the interwebs, it's supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash one, two, five. Hmm. Yes. 125 episodes a nice even number <laughs> anyways if you're still listening have a great month there we go let's aim let's aim big here and um we'll be back with another episode in uh two weeks we'll see you then bye bye <laughs>